0: Welcome everyone who's here, who is not here, who so came back, who's just arriving. It's incredibly special to talk to all of you, and incredibly special that you came the night before our Hashanah. shows a lot going on in your lives and your houses, and taking out time to prepare is obviously a very, very special way of spending this time, and kala to all of you. Special thank you to Ms. Rosedale for uh, putting this together, bringing us, bring everyone together in a very beautiful way. And Mitzvah Shem and the schuss of spending some time together in preparation for Yom to bring us the greatest bracha for all of us, to bring a ksivach and an incredible year of only incredible bracha. So I want to start with the following question, something which is very basic to Rosh Hashanah, very basic to the entire Aser Mei Tshuva, is that Rosh Hashanah is the first day of Aser Mei Tshuva, actually the first two days of Aser Mei Tshuva, and obviously follows eight days afterwards, culminating in Yom Kippur. And the question that so many us struggle with is that where in the world does Rosh Hashanah fit into Tshuva? There is zero mention of Tshuva in Rosh Hashanah. We don't say Vidya in Rosh Hashanah. There's no mention any of the filos about tshuva at all, and if so, it would not seem to fit that it even deserves the title of a series Tshuva And we know it's the first two days; it's the opening days of a series Tshuva So, I want to try to focus on throughout the next little bit of time that we have together, how exactly does the Rosh, Hashan- <coughs> Rosh Hashanah fit into that, and if so, what is the avodah of Rosh Hashanah? Secondly. You know, sometimes, we may have a feeling that Roshana, Yom Kippur, Seri Mechuva, Elul, is a extremely heavy time. Heavy means a little bit of a burden sometimes. It's intense, maybe sometimes too intense. And intensity often doesn't lead to Simcha. Intensity usually is the opposite of Simcha. When a person feels a very heavy time, in a very intense time, sometimes it seems like, I wish it would just go by, and be over with, and let's jump straight ahead to, posthum Kippur, Sukkot is a wonderful special time, we all enjoy it, Siman Simcha Senu, so, it's almost like, where do these days fit in, into the, cycle of Simcha? It's a Yontif, number one, which obviously is a day of Simcha, but more than that, Avotas Hashem, and and Simcha, need to go hand in hand in fact if it's not tied to Simcha it would almost seem to be the opposite of Abba Hashem but we don't seem to approach Rosh Hashanah with the concept of Simcha or in the context of Simcha and so often we miss out on this aspect and we don't seem to find it in Rosh Hashanah and I say it's to be in Yom Kippur it certainly has to be there it has to be the foundation of all the Am Tovim. It has to be the foundation of every aspect of Yiddishkeit. And it doesn't seem to find itself, its place in this time period. And the question is, how can we relate to a feeling, to a concept of Simcha, particularly through and with Hashanah and Kippur, So yes, just with Zohar to start a new year of high school and in the opening day of 10th grade for those who with Zohar to have in 10th grade it was a little different back then we've uh, expanded the introduction to Halacha if you want to come back you're still welcome to come back we're not going to charge tuition you can come down for free and appreciate all those who want to join. But we discussed as a introduction to halacha in general. What does the word halacha mean? We're all familiar with the word, it shows you the word to be halach, to go. What does halacha have to do with going? What does halacha have to do with going somewhere? Where does it fit into the whole context of what halacha is all about? And you shared the following idea, which I think is a very fundamental, powerful idea, and it very much relates back to these days. We look at halacha very often as a list of rules of do's and don'ts. And there's a concept that we may have discussed over the years that looking at halacha particularly as a list of do's and don'ts is probably the most destructive way and the most dis Really, a way, a way which has no connection to what halacha really is all about. What do I mean? It seems to be a whole long list. Shohanarach has many volumes, many books of, of rules. If we look at halacha as rules, we have really missed the understanding of what halacha is all about and what it's trying to accomplish. Rules. And not something anyone looks for. Not something anyone wants. Not something anyone desires. And halacha is really an approach of something which we hopefully want, are looking for, and desire. And if, if it's a list of rules, not something we want. Furthermore, if you we would ask someone the question, we have a list of rules, are you required to keep the rules? The answer is, are required to keep the rules? halacha is not a requirement it's No requirement to keep halacha we have v'chira K'alash Baruch Hu designed every aspect of Yiddish K'ayat we have we have a choice yeah. that means, if it's a rule a rule is something which needs to be kept K'alash Baruch Hu said we have b'khira. we have a choice by definition we have choice it has to be that way why does it have to be that way? it's a very simple mashallah. Imagine trying to think back to when you were maybe four or five six years old. Sure it wasn't that relevant to any of you, but if imagine a person who's four or five, six years old would hit their sister. You can imagine that happening. And mother comes to them and says, Hey sister, I can't believe it. What do you have to go do? Say? What do you have to say? Say I'm sorry. Say I'm sorry. How much does a 4, 5, or 6-year-old mean? I'm sorry. Probably not very much. Mother said, say I'm sorry. Say, say I'm sorry. Fast forward 15 years. They're 20 years old now. And they do something insensitive to someone. And they come over to them and say, you know, my mother told me I should say I'm sorry. So I'm saying I'm sorry. And they say I'm sorry to the person. Probably it's not going to go very well. No. The four-year-old did the same thing. They said, I'm sorry, because the mother told them to say I'm sorry. So what's the difference between the four-year-old and the 20-year-old? Obviously, the four-year-old is not coming from a place of I'm sorry. They're doing it, they're being trained, the mother's telling them to say I'm sorry, so hopefully it'll train them to say I'm sorry. But if a 20-year-old comes and says I'm sorry because the mother told me to say I'm sorry, it's meaningless. It's coming from nowhere. There's no feeling to it, there's no emotion to it, nothing behind it. Muscle number one. Muscle number two Imagine you come and you want to buy your friend a birthday present. And you go to the store, you spend time thinking what they would want, what they would appreciate. And you pick it out, and then you buy it, and you wrap it, and write a card, and you write a beautiful card, how much your relationship means and how special this day is for you and you give the person the present beautiful wonderful and imagine you bought the same present and you went to your friend and say you know I'm buying this present because my mother said I should buy you a present again obviously the accomplishment is going to be zero same present, same item But one is being bought because the person wanted to buy a present for their friend, and one they're buying it because they're saying they were told to do so. In both cases, the case of I'm sorry, and the case of the present, there's something trying to be accomplished. There's a relationship which is being built and developed. And if you go and buy a present for someone and make a big deal out of it and spend time Spend money and, and, and focus on a card and make it beautiful, it's gonna kind of build, enhance, and create the relationship. If I do it because I'm told to do so, and I came to you and said, I bought you a present because my mother said I should buy you a present, there's zero relationship going to be accomplished. And same thing with I'm sorry. Person comes and says, I'm sorry, because my mother said I should say I'm sorry, it's meaningless. Nothing was, no, there's no regret, there's no feeling. There's no (coughs) aspect of the relationship being focused on I'm just saying the words because I have to say so I was told to say so When I come and say it, I really mean it And I really have a building of the relationship Because I'm saying I'm sorry, it's a whole different world More than that If I say I'm saying I'm sorry because I was told to say so It's degrading I'm taking away from the relationship I'm saying our relationship really is meaningless because I'm only saying I'm sorry because I was told to say so. So it's it's a bazillion to the person. It's degrading to the person. I'm saying I'm sorry because I was told to say so? There's no way it's degrading a person more than that. Because I don't really care about you. I don't really care about our relationship. I'm just saying I'm sorry because I was told to do so. And that's where Bechira is the fundamental aspect of every part of Yiddishkeit hero means we make a choice. We make a decision. It comes from ourselves. It's something that we want, that we're looking for, that we desire. And that's the only reason why I'm doing it. Because I want to do so. Because I care. Because it makes a difference to me. Because I care about our relationship. Because I care about the connection that we have. Halacha, by definition... If it's a list of rules of what I should do, what I shouldn't do, what I can't do, what I could do. So it's like my mother telling me, go give a present, go do this, go say I'm sorry, and I follow the rules and say, okay, I'm doing this now because okay, check box, check box, check box. I did all the rules. There is zero being accomplished in a relationship when I follow rules. When I go to school and follow a list of rules that it says don't run in the hall. And don't chew gum in the classroom and don't do whatever it says in the list of rules there is no relationship being developed between you and the school schools need rules because you have to have decorum and you have to have a way of structure and you can't have people running in the halls and because you'll have chaos so a yeah, school needs rules that's not going to develop a relationship between the person and the school when you have rules about driving but don't drive too fast and stop by stop signs those rules are necessary because you can't have society running when everyone just going as fast as they want and going through stop signs and just going where they want it's a muscle, you can't have society it's going to have chaos and people will get hurt and there'll be accidents and it's going to be terrible but those rules don't develop any relationship between us and the U.S. government they're necessary evil or necessary in general but they're necessary no relationship Necessity. Rules come out of necessity. Choice builds relationship. Rules come out of necessity. Choice builds relationship. Halacha, by definition, is all going to be about choice. The word halacha means halach. To go with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. How is it possible for a person to go with Hakadosh Baruch Hu every single second of the day, every moment of the day, every moment of their lives? Hakadosh Baruch Hu gives us a, a long list of ways, opportunities to walk with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, to go with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, to be with Hakadosh Baruch Hu every second of our day, from the moment we say Modani in the morning to the moment we say Kriyish at night, and everything in between. It is a. Is a, is a one long stretch of opportunity to develop and walk with Hakadosh Baruch Hu and connect Hakadosh Baruch Hu and build a relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That's what it's all about. The concept of of teshuva is not about being told to say I'm sorry and say chatanu avinu chatanu, right and ashamnu beganu gazannu when we're saying following a list or checking off the boxes. I said ashamnu I said Baganu I said gazalnu. If we approach Shuvah the way we have no understanding what Shuvah is all about, that's following a list of rules and following our mother who's saying, Say I'm sorry. Shuvah is about Shav, returning to the place we want to be with the Baruch Hu. It's about restarting, reconnecting, rebuilding the relationship that we have with the Khadrish It's all about the relationship. Everything's about the relationship. Everything we do, everything we focus on, our entire day, our entire lives, every every moment, it's all about that relationship. And the concept of a serious mitzvah is ten days where we're trying to focus on how can we rebuild and reconnect our kaddish in the most intimate way possible. And the beginning of that, the start of that, is Rosh Hashanah. Why? Because Rosh Hashanah is about a recognition of who HaKadosh Baruch Baruchu is. We are Baruch Baruchu, fits into our lives in the most intimate, personal way. Rosh Hashanah is about Malchios. Ma- what does Malchios mean? What does Melech connotate for us? That Baruch Hu created the world? Certainly. That he's running the world? Certainly. But that's just the beginning. What melech really means is that he's my melech. I have a personal relationship with this melech. It's not just the king, which is like some president that's sitting in the White House somewhere that we have zero connection to and he's far away from us and we have any ability to connect to his an impossibility. The concept of melech Yisrael the, Kodesh Baruch, Hu, the Kodesh Baruch Hu is our melech. Every single one of us, on a deep, intimate way, we have a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and who HaKadosh Baruch Hu is and what that means. It means the Melach Ma'alchi HaMelech HaMakadosh Baruch Hu, the one who created the entire world is running the entire world every single blade of grass and every single thing that exists in this world wants that relationship with me. Me. Little me. Or big me. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants that relationship with me it means I'm, I'm that important in the scheme of this world. And Rosh Hashanah is a recognition of who HaKadosh Baruch Hu is and where I fit into that relationship where I connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. so of course it's the first day of have a seri because it's the foundation for a seri the foundation of returning to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of connecting back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, rebuilding our relationship it's what tshuva is all about returning and rebuilding and if there's anything that you give simchat this is it if we really understand and appreciate that me I have an intimate relationship with like HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there is no greater ability to have semcha than that if I really understand and appreciate and have understanding what I mean, what it's all about that's should be the greatest semcha so let's try to get a little practical spoke about in a very theoretical way what Roshan is all about my connection to the Melech my relationship with the King that's what Tshuva is it's based on the idea of what Pachir is all about important fundamental concepts in Yiddishkeit but how does it happen practically? what do I do practically? how do I approach Rebuilding and trying to reconnect in relation to the relationship, Baruch So I want to share something I shared on Shabbos, which I think will bring it down in a very practical way. You spoke about the concept that it is a halacha in carbonos that every single carbon requires salt. Halacha in okay. One of the reasons why we have salt on the table we see is because connecting to the concept of the carbon and carbonos needs salt there's another halakh in carbonos that carbonos in our allowed to have honey on them can't have honey on carbonos yes sir salt yeah honey not and the irony of all ironies is that on Rosh Hashanah on our table, which is Domo we, instead of using the salt, which is what a carbon always has, we take off the salt, and we replace it with honey. We use something which is normally not allowed to be used for a carbon, and we take away the salt, which is supposed to be used for a carbon, on Rosh Hashanah. And many people do it. Yon Rosh Hashanah, to us, and many to we do it that way. Fascinating. But what's what's going on over here? What are we doing? Shared a story which took place in the communist era. When the communists took over Russia. They believed in the idea of communism as the best, most supreme way to run a country where people are equal, everyone giving over their possessions to Mother Russia. And this was understood and accepted among the greatest thinkers, philosophers of Russia's, Russia's, Russian society. But they had to give it over to the masses. That to get the masses to be caught to be buying into the concept. So they sent around comrades around from farm to farm to speak to the people and talk to them about the value of what communism represented, how important it was, how beautiful it was. The story is told of a farmer who was approached and he's given a long lecture about the beauty and the value of what communism is and how it's going to change your life. We're all in it together and everyone's working for the same cause and everything, everything you have belongs to Mother Russia this person sitting there thinking, listening taking it all in and He says, okay, now I want you to repeat after me he says, all my land belongs to Mother Russia all my land belongs to Mother Russia all my tractors belong to Mother Russia all my tractors belong to Mother Russia all my farm machinery belongs to Mother Russia my farm machinery belongs to mother Russia all my goats belong to mother Russia all my goats belong to mother Russia all my cows belong to mother Ru- all my cows belong to mother Russia all my chickens belong to mother Russia and the guy stops now I'm not I'm not gonna say that so the fellow says to him, I do I understand farms you gave it to mother Russia all your machinery cows your goats your chickens you can't give it to Mother Russia the fellow responds, he goes, listen, I don't have any farms, I don't have any machinery, I don't have any cows, I don't have any goats, so chickens, I have a lot of chickens, I'm not giving all my chickens to Mother actually. What's behind that? Every one of us have many things that we've quote-unquote given over to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In, de- in developing and building a relationship with Kodesh Baruch, it's all about giving of ourselves. Relationship- relationships are built when we give of ourselves. We all know that. We all know how to give. We all know what giving does, how it accomplishes. That's relationships are built that way. But every one of us, if we're honest with ourselves, if we really think about it, everyone has their chickens. Everyone has the thing or things that is hard, that is difficult. We're not giving over. Not able to give over. Roshanna is about finding and thinking about identifying what is my chicken? What is it? Let me be honest with myself. Which is not easy. It's not easy to be honest with ourselves. Because honesty takes a lot of reflection. Sometimes honesty is difficult, it's challenging. But we need to be honest with ourselves. What are we holding back? And the reason why Rosh Hashanah. We use honey and not salt. Is because the difference in honey and salt is that salt enhances what you already have already. Honey adds a whole new component to it. Salt just takes brings out flavor. Honey adds a whole new flavor to it. So year round, the avoda of ourselves is to keep on always enhancing, taking one step further. If always you're gonna try to develop a whole new person. We're gonna overwhelm ourselves. It's not gonna work. Nivod is step by step building. Rashana Nivod is not honey is, I'm sorry, it's not salt, it's honey. Because our Roshan is the one time a year or the time period a year. We're not just trying to just enhance a little bit. We're trying to really say there's a new person here. There's a new me vis a Hu and vis-a-vis our relationship something totally different something that you never saw before you haven't seen me yet you haven't seen this me yet I'm going to bring something now which is going to be different than I've ever brought before part of myself that didn't exist before and that's really what Rosh is all about if you understand really what Ma'achis is all about if you understand what relationships all understand what relationship is all about if you understand what our connection that Baruch is all about that's where it's going to happen. And we can find our chicken, our place where we really were holding back till now and not letting it get past a certain point. And we all know where it is. It may take us a few minutes to think of it. It may take us no time to think of it. We probably know where it is. We can point to it. We can identify it. We can find it. And Certainly when we, in a moment of honesty we can think very clearly what it is. And yes... Sometimes it's a list of things that we can think of. And no, we're not looking to accomplish a long list of things. But is there one area, well, at least one area, where we can say, you know what, this is being hold, held back in my relation with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. This is holding me back. This is not letting me develop and let it get to the place where I want it wanted to get to. What is that? imagine spending a few minutes and really being honest with ourselves thinking what that answer to that question is. That's the greatest preparation we can have for Rosh Hashanah. We have 24 hours now until Rosh Hashanah starts. How do we prepare for Rosh Hashanah? This is the preparation. This is what it's all about. This is what it boils down to. Because where is going to be my honey? Where am I going to change myself in a way that was holding back in our relationship between you and I. I know where it is. How am I going to figure out how to get past that? And I want to end with a very, very powerful powerful story that took place which maybe you can give us a little bit of an insight and how, we, how can we accomplish this There's a fellow who came to the Divri Chaim Sam Zerot he says Rabbi I have a big problem so what's your problem I have a terrible anger issue anger issue he says yeah how do I solve the anger issue so the Rabbi started talking to him about different ways how you can work on it and focus on it and think about how someone who gets angry serving a Zara, he says, I know that already. That hasn't helped. He says, if you ever try looking at yourself in the mirror and you get angry, you see the the how distorted your face. He goes, Yeah, I've tried that. Give him a whole lot. he goes, I've tried everything. Nothing's worked for me. I can't figure out how to overcome anger. So the rabbit tells him, Listen, go sit in the waiting room for a little bit, and after they half hour you come back to me and we'll discuss it further. Okay? So he goes into the waiting room. The rabbi calls over his trusted gabe and says, Listen, he says, I have a job for you says, sure what can I do do you know how to get someone angry the Rebbe says I'll get someone angry I'll get someone angry it's okay great so the fellow is sitting in the waiting room he's sitting there in a chair this is the way he looks this is how he's dressed I want you to go and make this person angry So is what the Rebbe says so he goes into the waiting room and he goes over to the fellow and says Shalom how are you doing what are you here for I'm here to see the rabbi, I was speaking to him. He said, can I get you a cup of coffee? He says, sure, I'd love a cup of coffee. So he goes to the back, gets a cup of coffee, and as he's walking, he trips and spills the whole thing all over the guy. The guy sits there, he says, don't worry about it, it's okay. I'm sure you were trying to do so carefully, it's okay. Okay, it's okay. He says, okay, I'll get you another cup. He goes back, gets second cup. Same thing, flips the over, all over the guy again. He says, don't worry about it, it's fine, it's okay. You know, I'm sure you were trying so hard to, don't worry about it. Okay, so try harder. So he says to the guy, okay, you know, I see you waiting for the rubber. When are we supposed to go back? He says, a half hour. He says, no, you're not going back in a half hour. I'm going to make sure you don't go back in a half hour. You can't go back. He says, okay, no problem. If you can't go back in a half hour, it's Okay. This guy's a saint. I'm not sure what to do with this person. Can't, I can't get him angry. He goes back to the rabbi and says, Listen, he says, I tried. One cup of coffee. Second cup of coffee. I told me he can't come in. <laughs> this guy doesn't get angry. It's okay. Thank you for trying. Appreciate it. Half hour's up. The guy comes back inside. And the rep says to him, He says, I heard you were sitting in the waiting room. And... Things happened there. He says, yeah, a few things happened. Look, I'm like, <laughs> full of coffee. He's like, What happened? He says, This fellow came and he spilled one cup of coffee, a second cup of coffee all over me. He says, Really? He says, What happened? He says, I didn't get angry. He says, Really? He says, How come you not get angry? So you have a problem with anger. So the sheepish smile, he says, Listen, he says, You know, when the Rebbe was talking to the guy the door was open. And I overheard the conversation that this person was supposed to make me get angry. So I was prepared and I, I didn't get angry because I was all ready for it. So the says, my dear son, he says, can okay, I your question? He says, sure. He says, was the door open if any other conversations that were going on? He says, come to think of it, no, that was the only conversation I heard. It's like the door was left open you should hear the conversation. Because when you prepare prepared for something and you get ready for it and you realize there's a challenge coming up, you have the ability to be successful. That's exactly what I And the incredible depth of the story is that the challenges, the nacionos that we all have throughout day to day, the things that are our chickens, the things that are getting in the way of ourselves, we so often allow them to quote unquote surprise us. And we're not prepared, we're not ready for them, even though we know they're coming. And part of the avod, if not the most crucial part of the Avoda is saying that's my Nisayin that's my, that's my chicken and I know where, how, when it comes I know exactly what it looks like I know exactly what it is I know exactly what my Nisayin is and when a person does that they have that much of a greater chance to be successful If we allow ourselves to be surprised again and again, when it's not really a surprise, but we keep on getting surprised again and again when this situation keeps arising or these things keep happening or whatever it is that's getting in our way is taking place, we're not going to be successful. But if Erev Rosh Hashanah we have the ability to identify and to be honest, to look ourselves in the mirror and say, I know what it is. I know where it is. I know how it is. I know what it takes. I know where I'm going to be Challenged. I know where I have been challenged. I know what it looks like. And I'm going to be prepared and strategize how to be successful and how to overcome. We'll be able to do it. We'll be successful. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. I want to end with one last thought. This past week's Pasha, there was a which described a e mitzvah. Ki ha-mitzvah azos la rechoki lo me ki la sosa. And the famous ma in the Yishad what mitzvah is referring to, the Raman says famously refers to the tshuva it's a very obvious question imagine I come to you and say you know how far away is uh, Montgomery and you respond to me it's not as far as Canada it's actually like three miles away it's the strangest way to respond to that it's not it's not it's not, it's You don't respond by saying and you don't talk to someone by saying, it's not a thousand miles away, it's actually a mile away. It's not a thousand miles away, it's actually right in front of you. Say it's right in front of you. A thousand miles away, a million miles away in Shemayim? Incredible concept. The difference between being Ma'valayam and Shamayam, I mean Karvalakadeva mod is one is before a person recognizes who they are and the second is after they recognize who they are before we recognize who we are before you start the process of tshuva in our relationship it's a million miles away it is it's a million miles away it's so far from us it's like we can't even comprehend what it's all about it's so far from us when we start the process of tshuva we'll begin that process and we start realizing the koach of what we have and who we are and how our relationship is so meaningful and so valuable to ourselves and to It's Kaddish Baruch it's right here it's right here it's either a thousand million miles away or it's right here before we start the process it's a million miles away after we begin the process it's right here and then for the Torah says, Kikarvalach Adav mode. Start the process. Begin it. Jump in. And when you do, you're going to realize Kikarvalach Adav mode. Because right now, from a conceptual idea, it's a million miles away. It's so far, I can't even conceptualize what tshuva is, what it's all about, it's what it looks like so far from me I'm so far removed from it it's chuvas for those people who are sitting in Mayasharam and they have never seen anything in their lives and there no connection to anything in this world that's what chuvas is for it's me Life and into constant relationship with HaKadosh me you know what I've done you know what I've been you know what I've seen it's not for me and it's true before you start, it's that far away. As soon as we begin the process, as soon as we begin this realization of the closeness, the connection, the intimate relationship we have with the Kaddish Baruch Hu that he desires, that we desire, all that falls away. Yeah. All that is meaningless, it's irrelevant coming to Kesh Baruch wants the relationship more than anything else in the whole world. Much more than we want it. That's what he created us for. To have a relationship with us. In this world, and the next world, that's what we're here for. That's what it's all about. So everything that happened is irrelevant. Because right now we're focusing and building and working in that relationship and it's so close and it's so right in front of us and it's right here and we just have to start that process and recognize what it is that gets in the way what is the mechitza what is the separation between ourselves and our Baruch and pull away the mechitza And recognize what our nacionis are, what our challenges are, what's getting in the way. Prepare for it. And when we do that, the Hashem, we're going to have, we're going to build the most deepest, intimate relationship between ourselves and our Barahu. And it's going to bring the greatest, greatest possible level of simcha. Because there's nothing more, joy is nothing more special and happy than the person feels living with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, walking with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, going with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and will accomplish what people think is so far away and so impossible will accomplish the return to come back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to come back to that relationship that we're looking for and searching for and desiring and thinking it's so far away and not realizing how close it really is I want to give all of you, myself and all of us together, so we should be able to connect to the concept of Rosh Hashanah, the concept of Ma'achiyah, the concept of Tshuva, the concept of developing the relationship that we want. Realize we are in what gets in the way. Still so got strategies to work around it. Hopefully through that we're going to have the most greatest Incredible Yantif. It was Simcha de Gyantif. Shabrizokh to Exibach Simon Tov in the year of tremendous, tremendous Bracha.